from my face um, i'm pretty much excited because coach carson i'm actually used to be a fan of his like content and i used to look at him and i never thought that i would meet him again in person but like today i get the honor to meet him and it's like exciting though um hi there sir how are you wanna nervous yeah no this is great you're doing great and thank you for having me on and this uh, i'm really glad you invited me um sir before like we get into the main stuff i, I want to actually say that um I did message him once and I didn't actually thought he would reply but he like he replied and I was like oh my god he replied <laughs> Yeah I mean I actually I, I think we connected on Instagram and you know I, I'm not I do a little bit here and there on Instagram but I just I think you're the fact that you were doing a, a podcast that was focused on teens and the focused on people who are you're trying to help people that's that's a lot of what I try to do with coach Carson is help help people get better learn improve themselves and by improving their finances in their life that they can help other people. So it, I, I just, I hope, hopefully I can help a little bit to your audience. And as always, I always say to guys that at the age where you are right now, 18, 19, 20 is the best year of your life. You can start investing right now because number one, you're living with your parents. So you don't have a lot of liabilities ahead of your shoulder. So you can put that money into investing. So. I thought to do a topic on it and because since entrepreneurs have been you've been hearing a lot of entrepreneurs i thought it's best to have a real estate expert on this so um coach carson like i want to understand basically about real estate people talk about it and even from me i think real estate is a good opportunity but most people are scared for it why is that um could you like explain yeah i think it's part of it and there's probably a lot of different reasons people are scared of investing in real estate but i think the fact that it has a pretty high price compared to other investments hmm. um that's that seems to be a big one you know if if you if you you, know, you go buy a um you know a stock or something you, you could probably buy it in a hundred dollar increments or five you know two hundred dollar increments sure. and then you can grow from there whereas with real estate you know you've gotta you gotta put some money into it even in the united states where i am i mean the you know, putting a, a down payment is usually going to at least be five or ten thousand dollars at the minimum, and and so that's that's a, a lot of money, and then you're borrowing money against it. So I, I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, intimidation with that with just the numbers and the debt, and, and but the, on the other side of that, one reason I think people it's shouldn't be as scared of it is that we, we all have to live somewhere. And we're very we're, we're very familiar with apartments or houses or wh wherever we live, mm. and people people need a place to live. And so what you're doing is you're providing a basic service. And if you understand what it is in your community, people are looking for to to live to have a nice home. Uh, that's really the most important thing is to understand that. And you can learn a lot of the finances and the numbers and that. But the, if you understand really what it is that why people like to live somewhere, what what's it make to have a good home? That's really what that's, it's not real complicated. That's what real estate's all about. To be honest, true, because when I was looking at real estate, I looked at the ways you can actually buy a payment from it. And most people get confused in the down payment scenario. Even I got confused, but down payment is only the half of the price you got to pay before you pay the in total installment price with the mortgage into it. It's a right. lot complicated with calculation, but it's not. You can actually save all tons of money by investing in real estate. If people, you do not know this thing, but like there's a negative, uh, if you have a negative balance on it, the US or the government does not tax you, like does not tax you on it until and unless there's a surplus in the value of it. Um, of course, Carson, could you like explain on down payments for the audience, like teenagers in general? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the basics are if, uh, you know, and, and again, a lot of this might be specific to a location. And in, like in the United States, a typical down payment on a loan for us is about 20% down, sometimes 30% down. So let's, let's say you buy a property for $100,000. That's the total price, yeah. just to keep the numbers easy. 20% um, 20, 20 would be twenty dollars to $30,000 down. Um, and so, but what that means is you have to borrow the money, the rest of it, the, the seventy dollars to $80,000, you have to borrow that from a, a lender. And in, in many cases, that's, that's a bank uh, in our, you know, or it's sometimes it's the seller. Sometimes we work with the seller. If the seller is willing to let you make installment payments for the next you know, few years or so. Um, so in some form or fashion, that's, that's how the down payment works. There are, there are tax laws, and this also varies from you know, place to place as well. But like in the United States, if you pay interest, um, that's, a, that's an expense. And so that's actually not, you're not taxed on that portion of it. So when you, when you make the interest payment, there's a tax benefit there. And there's, that's a whole other conversation that kind of gets kind of complicated. But uh, real estate in general tends to have a lot more tax benefits in the United States. There's there's the, that benefit that I just mentioned, but there's lots of other ones too. So it's, it's not the main reason to invest in real estate, but it's also, it is a, a plus, you know, it's a bonus on top of some of the other reasons. So actually being a student of economics as well, as well my audience, but real estate actually is a very huge contributor towards like the economy in general, because like mm. if it's real estate, you're investing hardcore money into it and it's a physical product. So basically you yeah. produce tens to billions compared to like, if you buy a toy, it's like in, in the millions, real estate produce billions of dollars every day. So you like, like hearing about them is like, you know, but again, coming to the shorter discussion of it, how to avoid tax laws. Um, it's kind of like a bit different debate on it, on a subject. It's a different subject. It's, it's right. a little bit complicated and with the subject or not, I don't think we'll get into it, but I think the main purpose would be is that how can teenagers like start investing automatically into real estate because teenagers don't do that. Yes. Well, I can just give you examples of how, how I did it. And I was 21 years old when I started, so I wasn't quite a teenager, but I know other people who've done this when they're 18 and 19 years old. Um, the, the, there's, there's this term that we use a lot uh, in the U.S. called house hacking. <laughs> um, and it kind of sounds like a bad word, you know, like you're hacking a computer or something. But what it means is you're trying to figure out a way to reduce your housing cost. So instead of paying $1,000 per month in rent, if you're going to be living somewhere, um, let's, let's try to figure out a way to move into a property that you can rent out the extra bedrooms to other people. For, so let's just use a real simple example. Let's say you could go get an apartment and you could rent it for $1,000 per month. Um, and, and so let's say it's a three-bedroom apartment. And let's, let's just say, let's say you went and got some roommates and they were each willing to pay $400 per month because you're the one who got the lease, you handled everything. Or maybe even, let's just say five hundred. Let's just let's make it make it even even better. So oh. you could you rent you rent to each of your roommates for five hundred bucks a month. That pays for they're they're going to include the utilities and everything. So each day on the first of the month, your roommates pay you five hundred dollars and five hundred dollars. So you get a thousand dollars from your two roommates, True. and you use that money to pay your landlord a thousand dollars. And so your out of pocket cost for living in that apartment is is zero in terms of rent. Um, you still have some other expenses. You got some utilities and things like that. But the, the point here is house hacking. That's just one way to house hack. That's, that's by renting. You're not even buying a property. You're just renting it. But think about how much that means if you can reduce your housing expense 
by either doing that or maybe buying a property and doing the same thing by renting out an extra unit or renting out extra bedrooms. By reducing your housing expense, you can, you're now saving $1,000 per month that you can then invest in the stock market and more real estate. You can just save it up to pay off debt. You know, whatever you're, whatever you're trying to do, that saving your housing expense for almost all of us is one of our biggest expenses. And so this idea is to try to figure out ways to reduce your housing expense creatively and, and then use that extra money to improve your life. Yeah, and that's a perfect best example you can get out there for especially you guys who, and I think it's for as a college student who's actually graduating and going to uni, this is going to come very, very helpful. Yeah. College students, take this from a note from a pro. Yeah. And I actually have gone to like some investing stages in my life, but not in a serious form of action. Um, the term entrepreneur seems so scary to like teenagers. <laughs> In general, yeah. investing is such a headache that they think, oh, we need to spend millions of dollars into it. I grew up in a household where my mother was saying to spend millions of dollars or something. But when I got to like visa, anyway, it starts with a few couple of bucks. It's it, yes. it, it, it ain't bad. But why is the perception that, oh, it starts with a million or something like that? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think a lot of people get scared of being a, in entrepreneurship because of, again, I think it's, it takes a lot of money. And I think maybe we it's because we see people who start companies like Apple, or we start companies, you know, a lot of these venture capitalist companies that are in uh, Silicon Valley, or we see big, huge companies all around the world. And these are billion dollar, multi-billion dollar companies. But really, the, for people like us, like I, and I consider us like small entrepreneurs, we, we are the the you know, th those are the exceptions. Those big businesses are the exceptions. There's a lot of people like us who start with the $2, $5, $10, $100. In fact, I think that's the best way to start. It's called uh, boot bootstrapping your way to a business. Um, the way I look at it is if you can't start that business with a small amount of money and just and go out and sell something or, you know, borrow, uh, lease, you know, like my example of the house hacking, that's an example of being creative. You can do the same thing with any business. It just takes some creativity. You got to think about it. Um, I'll give you one example. Like what if, let's say you had a, um, you want to sell a product and you know, the traditional wisdom would be, you know, to go sell this product out somewhere, you got to go buy a bunch of it in order to get it at a cheaper price, right? And you're going to have to come up with $5,000 to buy a bunch of these products and then you go out and sell them. Well, what if you go and find the person who makes those products and see if you can find some extras that they already have or see if, you know, see if you can do something like and sell what they already have. Just go sell it, like sell it first and then go find the product instead of always trying to put up the money, like figure out a way to be creative and sell something and make a little bit of money first and then reinvest that money. That's, that's, I think that's a, a better way to get started with a business. What you said was 100% true and most people with the feel that it's selling with the feel like, I mean, I personally tell you before the podcast and I had this like PC and before like we had like this small mouse come in like into our house. My mother said, she's saying, remove all necessary things from the house. And I was like, okay, mom, they said this PC, I didn't know how to sell it. And when I went to the, like the buyer or someone like that, luckily I got into cost basis. It was not in a loss. It was a cost because I didn't make a profit into it. The person right. I knew he was good with it and he talked to the seller on it. Personally, when I was talking to the seller, I was kind of going into a loss. It weren't for him. So yeah. in general, um, I don't know if you watched the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, have you? I have not. No, I've heard of it, but I, I have not watched it. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, this is a famous quote from the movie is that sell me this pen 
and I can understand you. So in this quote, I've seen a lot of Instagram people saying this, why do you want to sell me this pen? Why would you want this pen? Approach to marketing is that it's a good or something. No, that's, that's fucked up. The first law of marketing is like, okay, sir, um, do you, do you, have you used a pen before? Right. Yeah. Okay, sir, what kind of problems have you faced with the pen? It runs out of ink too fast. It's, it's too heavy. Um, I lose it too easily. Huh. So, sir, I, I have this pen which uses a titanium alloy, which is very smooth with the hand, and its ink does not run out because its ink is quite savable. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's about $10, but I will give you a discount for about $5. So you're saving $5. How, what do you say? Would you buy it? Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll buy it right now. I'll try it out. That's how Perfect. You, that's how you sell. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the whole structure. Don't go head first into it. I've said yeah. this so many times. I've run a shop from personal experience. I went to people, buy this, buy my shirt. You know mm -hmm. what people give you? They look at, they look at you with pity. Mm -hmm. They give you pity. Yep. It is not good. And but the best way to do it is to do that. I found a lot of people, I found Coach Carson saying this first, first hand rule so many times. <laughs> understand the market you don't need to like be a big researcher developer know enough about a subject to think that yeah. you're right about it yeah and the thing i think you did right abdul uh, there's a lot of lessons in that but is that you you asked the question and you listened first and i, I think wh whether you're marketing on like a big scale or whether you're just selling one-to-one -one, like selling one-to-one -one is so helpful to learn about how business works is that you listen to me like you you could have said Hey, this pen is, has the best color that you've ever, you know, it's the most unique colors. And that, you know, I, I don't care anything about that because that you didn't, but you, you did. So you didn't, if you listened first, you heard that running out of ink was important to me. The, the, the material and being light was important to me that it, it, business at its best, you know, there's, there's bad businesses too, but business at its best is a form of adding value to people's lives. Like you're helping someone you're, you're, how can I be of service? How can I help you? And I think that like, some of the best business people I've heard of have had that kind of servant attitude. It's almost like this, this is your mission. This is what you are here to do is to serve people. And, and so I think, I think if, as long as we keep that attitude, if we, if we just think about whether we're buying and selling real estate, buying and selling pens, buying and selling, you know, uh, we're, we're serving the people like we, you and I right now are serving the people who are listening to this. We hope we help them learn something. And to the extent that we do, they'll come back and they'll, you know, they'll listen more. So that's, this is really how, how the world goes around in terms of commerce. I can brought this definition about like how to add value. People in textbooks say it's so easy to add value into it until and unless you don't experience it firsthand, you don't get it. I, because let me be telling you, I'm a consumer. I thought that in business, like add value or something like that. And I have to give customers. It was nothing. When I first started my business, I fucking had to do everything by myself. And I didn't right. know anything. And people were like, we're not going to buy this. You know, running a shop, how many days later audience did I get my first sale? Three months of rigorous going at it, I got one sale. And you might be yeah. one sale, how much did I make? It might be 10 bucks, no. It was about 0 0.05 cents of a completion right. of my design. Think mm. that. Yeah, that's real, that's real. Yeah, I, I was in real estate for six months before I ever got a, any money or made a sale at all, you know? So same same way, yeah, it's, sometimes it takes, it takes some, uh, to be an entrepreneur, it takes being willing to be rejected, being willing to, have some setbacks before you get to that first one. It's most, a lot of people quit before they get there. I, that's my, my understanding.
to be honest i did quit and i i'm seriously regretting my action i shouldn't have quit quit it but that quitting taught me a valuable lesson from it from other people who like coach carson and other people a lot of good people who taught me that don't you don't need to quit i have this person with me he's not he's like a brother and he t- talks about crypto and he, he gave me a serious lecture a couple of weeks back and he told me the problem with you is that you keep on quitting at the time where you are like important don't quit <laughs> focus head on let me tell you in the podcast i've been faced with rejection with people saying that i cannot come big people okay big people they said no i cannot come i said okay fine i'll settle with someone else like coach carson like i sent the message sir would you like be willing to couple of days and he replied me back and said, yeah, of course, I would love to. You'll mm-hmm. hear those, but you just need to keep on going with it. And exactly. That's what I've learned. And it's amazing to like having a person who taught me this. So would you like to share like your sophomore years and experience? Because as a general, as a student, we can all want to relate. Yeah. So you want to maybe to tell more about my, when I first started, how I got started. Is that, is that the question? That's not like anything like in general, like about you, like are you thinking about yeah. being an entrepreneur or something like that? Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, sure. Um, well, let me go back to when, when I was in college, cause I know this might relate, you know, I was, I graduated from high school and I went to university, uh, but I was a biology major. Like I, I really like science. Like I like, I like learning about uh, science and biology. And, and also I studied foreign languages as well. So I spoke um, German and Spanish. And so th- those were had nothing to do with business or entrepreneurship, um, but I was playing football in college and that's how I, so American football, that's how I paid for my school. I got a scholarship to do that. And so the, the long story short is I, I graduated and I was thinking, all right, I don't, you know, I've thought about going to be a doctor, like a medical school, but it was another four years of medical school and another two to four years of residency, like internship. And I just said, you know, that's a long time to do all that. I'm not, I'm not sure I want to do it. Let me just see if I can start being an entrepreneur a little bit just for now. And I'll probably go back and get a real job later. Um, and so I started doing that as a real estate entrepreneur by learning how to go out and find properties that were on sale, basically, that were good deals, that had some problems where I could add value to the person who owned the property. But I didn't have any money. Like, I didn't have any money to, to buy those properties. I was basically a wholesaler. I was a person who would find a good deal and then get a fee, a small fee for somebody else who, who would buy it. Um, and so I, I just went out and tried it. And this is where I was saying I was making offers for six months before anybody for, with no progress, no progress. I mean, every single day, eight to 10 hours a day of doing this. And, and it was, it was frustrating. I was living at home though. I was living in my parents' uh, house back in home and um, didn't have any expenses. I, you know, I, I had a, a Toyota Camry, which I loved my toy. I love Toyota cars and it was uh, paid off. I didn't have any debt on it. And I could sleep. If I had to, I felt like I could sleep in the back seat of that car, you know, to survive if I had to as a 20, 22 year old kid, 23 year old kid. Um, but it was, it was, it was frustrating, but it was also exhilarating, exciting. And I think for those of you, not, you'll kind of know it if you're an entrepreneur, like not everybody enjoys the freedom and the flexibility of being an entrepreneur, because on the other side of that freedom and flexibility is a lot of insecurity. Like there's a, there's a, it's a really difficult thing mentally where you, you have self-doubt. We all have self-doubt. You're saying you're stupid. You can't do this. You know, you tell yourself these things. Um, and, but if I think the thing that got me through that initial period was the excitement and the idea that this is, I'm free. Like this is, if I, if this works, I don't have to go work for anybody else. This is something I can do the rest of my life. And I control my own destiny in a way. 
And so I think that the point of me telling that story is that kind of have to ask yourself if you're a young entrepreneur in your teens or your early twenties, like, is it, is the upside, all that good stuff that I'm just talking about worth the challenges of being rejected of the setbacks of the insecurity. You're not going to a normal job. You might have family members who say, why don't you get like a real job? Like, why don't you, uh, you know, go become a doctor or something or be a, you know, work in a, as an engineer or a nurse or, um, but that's, it's a, it's a mental thing. And it's also, um, a, it's a kind of a dream almost like some people who want to do this, they, they like it, they enjoy it. And it's worth the, the hard stuff is worth it to them in order to get to li live that kind of lifestyle. I totally agree with you. And I can relate because when I do my interviews and something like that, my parents keep on nagging me and saying me that I wouldn't say nagging. They're like saying that what kind of value is it providing you? They mm -hmm. answer me in that. They say, what kind of money are you earning? They get a job. I mean, I, I, I agree with them in certain ways, but I think that this podcast has taught me in a different perspective into people's life and think right. it's good. But they said, what is it? I don't see any value. Are you earning money from it or something like that? Right. And I told them that it's not about the money. It's about how I'm supposed to like educate people. She said that mm. there's a, a lot of time for it. My father does not like it, but my mother has been my biggest support out there. I keep on saying that because She's, she actually been with me when I like, if you don't know this audience, I've been through depression twice as a kid. And in the last year was kind of hard because like a lot of people backstabbed me and I didn't have a lot of persons. So right. it's like, I found, found a guy who was, I call him my brother. His name is Salim though. He's, he's like a true brother. And mm -hmm. my mother, because like she was there with me and everything alongside it. Six months later, I thought, you know what? Let's start this. If I, I'm good at talking, why not like ask people to come on it and maybe share some unique experience? I can yep. see there's a football, uh, a football helmet by there. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, mean, I just, I, I admire you for trying because you know what, it's even if, even if a podcast or a business, you know, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurship ventures fail like the end. But, you know, that's okay. Like if it, I, I, to me, like the experience of trying something is, is, is about, you know, maybe you'll make money from it. Maybe you won't. Like you should, I think you should have a business plan. Like if you're going to start a podcast, have some kind of way to quantify it. Or some, if you're starting any business, like what does success mean from a financial standpoint? Like there needs to be some goal. Like, so, so a lot of people do podcasts. Like I do a podcast and I've done it for two years without making any money. In fact, I've fed this podcast money, but what, so why do I do it? Well, it, I'm adding value to my customers but I have a business plan behind that because I ask people to subscribe to my email newsletter. Um, I ask, and then eventually those people buy courses from me sometimes, not all of them, but a certain percentage of them. Um, also I do a little bit of advertising here and there now. And so, so it, it has, there is a business behind it, but at the same time, like if you, if you, when you're doing it, it's gotta be something you're passionate about and you love doing. And because if, if not, it'll show through, like your audience is going to know, Hey, this, this is not, you know, Abdul doesn't really like this or Chad doesn't really like this. He's just doing it and trying to make money like that. You got to start with the, with the value and the passion first. And then the trick of an entrepreneur is how do you, how do you turn this into a business down the road? It doesn't have to make, it might not make money right now, but how could I do it if it's successful? And that doesn't mean it's going to be successful because a lot of businesses do fail, but an entrepreneur is willing to try, you know, an entrepreneur is not, not afraid of failing. And in fact, we'll go back to our conversation earlier. Don't spend a million dollars on a business because it's probably going to fail. So spend like 
hundred bucks or five bucks or 10 bucks and then fail quickly. Like just do it, just do it, just do it. And I think you'll find that if you, if you, you'll learn so much, like you're doing this right now, you're podcasting. I know you're learning so much about it. You're learning from the people you talk to. You're learning from just having to produce it. You're learning how the technology works. And you're, if, if you, you know, the knowledge of what you're learning is valuable. That's the asset that is that there, there are physical products out there, but to me, like knowledge is the, it's the number one currency in the whole world right now. It's, it's, we're, we're a knowledge economy. And uh, you know, ultimately that's, that's where the most value in our economy is going to be is how can we think of new things and do things in different ways and teach people. So that's a long winded answer to say, you know, I think you're, you're, you're following a path there that can, can make sense. To be honest, with you, like I said to this to uh, to my friend, and I said that my goal here is to reach twenty million in six months, just to like for it. And I told him that you know, on serious topics, I'm not gonna monetize them. Instead, I'm gonna send that money to charities of people who are gonna need it because I don't need the money from those serious topics. Those topics are meant to help people, not to make money off of them. That's my right. number one main principle. If I'm gonna put it, and second thing is. I'm creating this platform right now. A lot of audience and younger people don't come on here, don't want to share the story, even though I want to. I want them because I created a chit chat for them, but they don't. They're like too shy for it. My goal and the end goal here, if I can reach a large enough following, I maybe might be able to like eliminate the cultural diversity that we have in this life. Because let me tell you, I'm from Jeddah, and he is from like America, we're both talking mm -hmm. here. So we're yes. eliminating that cultural diversity. I want to eliminate that yeah. in certain views. So that's yes. why. Though I say that, but like people say, you're crazy. I'm saying, hey, mm -hmm. you got to be crazy to achieve something. Absolutely. I, th I think that your point you just made is so important. You know, like uh, part of what interested me about this dialogue was that we do come from different backgrounds, but we obviously have things in common. And I have things I can learn from you and, and we have, you have things you can learn from me. And, by, and that's, that's the way we all improve and we become friends. And so I, I, I think that's a, a wonderful goal uh, to have. I've like talked about entrepreneurship a lot. And I think most of my audience wants to know this, that um, sir, like you, like we talk about real estate, we talk about compartments and we talk about a lot of things into them is there's a main debate here, and I was looking at right Is flipping houses better? Like flip houses or like buy an actual property or rent it out is better? Because I both see more profit margins in both. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to that answer. I'm going to say they're, they're both good. It, it depends on what your goal is. Um, so I, I've done both. Um, so I'm going to give you a metaphor. Like, um, so for those of you who, who like know about farming, like when you farm, when you have a, a farm, you, you, pl you, plant, you plant seeds and there's certain crops that come up in a year or six months and you eat them like really quickly. So like I'm in, the, in the United States where I am, the Southern United States, we have uh, corn, for example. You grow corn, it grows up in, in four or five months and you eat the corn and it's done. Like that's it, like that, that's done. That's kind of like flipping houses. Like flipping houses is you, you, you buy this property, you turn around, you resell it, you make a profit on it. And it could be a big profit sometimes. It's, it's not easy, but it's, there's a profit there. That's like eating corn. Like you get that money and you're going to use it to eat. You're going to use it to pay, pay the bills. You're going to use it to save, hopefully, for other for future deals. So that's one thing. A rental property is more like a fruit tree. And so you plant this tree and it takes a long time for that seed to grow. And then it turns into a, a little bit bigger plant and a little bit bigger plant. Eventually it becomes a tree. 
And then eventually that tree starts making fruit, but this might be years. It might take five, 10 years for that fruit tree to really grow up and start producing really good, consistent fruit. That's like a rental property. Uh, a rental property is a more of a long-term uh, value. It's, it's something that's going to produce fruit every single year for years and years and years and years in the future. It's also going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. So properties, you know, you mentioned this earlier, one of the, I think one of the main values of properties anywhere in the world is the, uh, the fact that the inflation is, is a, is a challenge for a lot of us. And as, as the price of money gets a little bit worse, you know, as inflation happens the dollar today is not worth a dollar, you know, same dollar 20 years ago. It's, it's worth a lot less. It buys less, uh, less food. It buys less housing. And so if you own a house instead of dollars, that house is going to be worth more likely, probably 10, 20 years from now. Whereas the dollar, you just put the dollar under your bed is not going to be worth anything. It's going to be worth a lot less. And so, so real estate is a very good store of value. If you buy a rental property, it can produce income, that fruit tree over and over and over again. And then flipping houses is more of a business. It's more of an entrepreneurship, whereas real estate rental properties is more of an investment. And so I think they both make sense, but you need to ask yourself the question, like, do I want to go into business of making money right now? Or do I have enough money right now? And I'm trying to go into the business of growing fruit trees to produce wealth for me over the long run. And it, it, that's where it depends. Like some people who already have money, rental properties are great. If you don't have any money and you really just need a job or a business on the side, Flipping houses could be a, a little bit better for that. That was a perfect analogy. That was amusing. But like, like you said about inflation, the audience, if you don't know inflation, in simple to words, I'll When you go to a supermarket, you try to buy that same juice. Now it's cost $2 instead of one. That's inflation. Mm -hmm. Simple, simple. In two words, it increased your money can buy less. Yes. Nothing more, nothing less. It's that's all. So, how can like, like you said, the food tree, you know, when it grows up, how can we adjust for inflation for future, like house and, and prices for rent? Is there a way? Yeah. I mean, what, one of the things about rental and, and I'm, I'm going from my own experience here in, in my market, but the, the real estate market where I am, is a very stable market, but the, the prices of real estate tend to go up about two or 3% per year, which inflation in our, in the United States is about two or 3% for the last 10, 20 years. So it's kind of, it just kind of keeps up with inflation, just about the same. There are other parts of the country though. And there's also, if, if you buy in a really good neighborhood, some of the better neighborhoods that have a little, a very low supply, but a very high demand, some of those will go up at 5%, 7%, 10%. Um, and so you can, if you, by being smart, you can buy some properties that do even better than inflation um, and you can fix the property up and do some things to it. So you can use your sweat equity. You know, you can do, use your own hard work to maybe increase the value even more. And all of those things will both increase the, the price of the house, but also the rent you can produce. So like, is the, is the general market, is people make a little bit more money in their jobs, as inflation happens, then you can charge a little bit more rent and a little bit more rent. And it, it, it might go two or three years flat. And then uh, two or three years, you can raise the rent some. And that's, that's how it's worked for me. Like I had a property as an example, I bought a house in 2009 and the rent when I bought it was $950 per month. So three bedroom, two bath house. Um, but now uh, we just, we're just having on the market right now. I'm trying to get it rented and it's one, uh, 1,500 per month. So $1,500. So that was 2009. Now we're 2021. So it's been 12, you know, 12 years, but that property has gone from 950 
to $1,500. And so the price of rent has gone up since then. That's the market price. Yeah, that was like, that's the perfect definition of everything actually. And when you were saying about market and everything, like it reminds me of the graph. So my audience, if you, if you get like scared with graph and supply and demand, it's not that hard. But like this, this vertical line, this demand is like this, supply is like this. Demand goes up, supply is like this, you can understand. In simple words, I will say is that if there's less in supply and higher in demand, you have to you have a potential to make a lot of money, but you gotta be smart because a lot of people are smart in that. Because real estate is a thing that you can get scammed. Certain way mm-hmm. you can get scammed. I can give you my potential example of it. My parents in back in 2000, I think I was born in 2002. So I came here during, it's been three years for me. So back in 2003, my parents invested in a property and they thought in a piece of land, was about one acre. So they thought that piece of land would be. What happened was that that person scammed us and scammed 10 more people for it. And we still, our case is pending till this day in the federal court that our like land, he scammed us for the land. He scammed us. He scammed millions. So that's why you have to think potentially. Is this land legally viable or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, that's, uh, I'm sorry your parents had to deal with that. That's a... it, it, it's unfortunately, you know, I think in anything, there's going to be people scamming you and real estate in particular, is a high dollar item. It costs a lot of money. And so people have the potential to make a lot of money. So one of the most important things I've learned is having a lot of due diligence, you know, where you, you have a, you know, you have, you, you're very skeptical of everything. So you, when you're buying a property, there's multiple stages where you're saying, okay, I think the rent is this, or I think this property is owned by this person. And unfortunately, you have to, you know, we like we'll hire an attorney to check the title on the property to make sure everything's clear. Call an insurance company, call a contractor. So we have this before you even buy the property. There's this big period of here, you know, 14 days, 21 days, maybe of just double checking everything. And you have to put a little bit of money down. So maybe you put a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars to have a to have that period of time to try to inspect everything. But in a worst case scenario, if you find out your attorney or your contractor says, no, 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 you don't want to mess with this. This has got all these problems. Then you could get out before you spend a hundred thousand or $500,000, you know? Um, so that's, it's, uh, unfortunately that has not, your parents aren't the only one, um, but it's, it's part of, part of the real estate game before you buy a lot of property is that we all learn the hard way that it's like having these checklists and having these due diligence periods is really important. I agree with you, and this has taught me a valuable lesson. Next time when I'm going to go for, uh, for someone, I should have someone I know about it, has enough market knowledge and someone in the field to like go with me. Because yes. of this, it's taught me a lot of this. Secondly, when you're doing in real estate, I would like to advise is that check how many people have left the vacancy. Because a lot of times people say it's a good deal, it's a good house, but they don't check how many people have been de-attended, how, how long did they attended stay. In the house if they mm-hmm. intended left about like after two months or so something is seriously wrong in that house right. you don't right. want to invest your money in that if they attended only stay for two months right yeah agree yeah that's that's doing your homework it's studying studying the the, the history of that property no uh, there's a lot of like i i was recently watching a documentary and everything there was about a house and the property and the price was same it was like very good for real estate but i was like the attended felt some kind of super normal but i won't get into that thing but like they, they didn't like the presence of the house there because after two months a lot of things happened with them so they left 
that's a bad investment. Don't look at the price. Warren Buffett's main example is that I don't look at an income sheet. I look at the like the income statement. The income statement shows the outflow and inflow of it. If the inflow is greater than the outflow, I invest in that. That's what Warren Buffett right. said. Right. Yep. No, I agree. So why don't like when I I'm a commerce I should I know this thing. Why aren't like many teenagers educated on this? Like school system. I've educated I've talked to Amita Hosseini who's been featured in the world and I was very lucky she did. She was on the topic of financial literacy and she right. talked about it. But why aren't like school taking initiative to like showcase students, you know what? Like start investing in this, like you know what? Teach them about stock market. When I asked my sir for like about business tips, I'm doing a clothing show. You know his first thing he said? I, I can give you advice here. It it depends on your market. I mean, I I have no knowledge. I mean, I thought, wait a minute, aren't you a business sir? You're supposed to give me something. You're supposed to teach me about business. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean financial, I think we're talking about financial literacy in schools. To to me, it's you know, there's lots of important things we learn in school. I was a science major. You know, you study math, you, you study a lot of these things, but really the, the part of that is training you for real life. And we all have to deal with money, like, like it or not, whether we like money in business or we don't like it, money's a reality. Like that's, this is, this is the lifeblood of how we pay for our food and how we pay for our security and our future. So to me, that's, that's, a, that's an argument for making it one of the core things you learn in school. And the, the other thing is it's not rocket science. Like this stuff is not, you know, with real estate and business, you know, there are definitely some things to learn, but this is not like flying a ship to the moon. Like this is not like, you know, this is not engineering where you're doing some really complicated math. Like, in fact, you know, Warren Buffett and a lot of other people say, keep it simple. Like some of the best investing and the best businesses, they just keep it simple and they just get it done. They execute and they make things happen. And so I, that, my point is like for, for people learning in school, it's not going to be complicated. In fact, it, it can be kind of fun. It can be like a game, like real, real, real estate and business and entrepreneurship is more like a game than it is some serious subject. And I think, I think it'd be, if you could treat it that way in school and say, Hey, let's, let's all, let's all have our own businesses in, in high school. Like you have to, here's, you know, a hundred dollars in monopoly money or fake, you know, pretend money in this game. You've got to use this hundred dollars to start a business. And we're going to have a whole class around that. That would be very helpful if people would learn how to handle their money, how to save money, and they would be something they could use in real life. And they could learn math, they could learn all these other things with, while while doing it. But uh, I'm obviously I'm preaching to the choir because you 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 know about this, you like this, you know you, yours. But probably a lot of your listeners like it as well. But it would be nice to to change the way we we teach and have financial literacy earlier in our in our schools for sure. I agree with most of it and I agree that Amita Hosseini, I'll put her like book down underneath because her book explains about a lot about loan structures, how you can get finance, how you can be literate. It's based for both the Canadian, Canadian people and the US. So you can buy it. It's free and it has a lot of notes and graphs on it. For, it's very good for teenagers. I've actually read a few of the pages and few chapters. I've learned a lot from that. And it's Great. true. It's true. It's, I mean, I get it. Watch YouTube for funny videos and everything, but at least like use YouTube for like, um, for like important stuff like how to do investment, how to do like saving debt and everything. When I use the term debt, people like scared. Like I go to my neighbor and I say, "Hey, I do you have a loan?" I say, "What the fuck? No, 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 no! I don't have a loan. I'm pretty loan." <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> Why are you scared of a loan? I mean, yeah. a loan isn't as bad unless and until you use it for something wasteful. Right. Yes. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Loans can be bad in a lot of cases if people are spending it on vacations or on, you know, something that doesn't make, make them money for sure. But, and I, and, but I also recognize there's different approaches to debt. You know, there's some people who just for what, for whatever reason, you know, in their own beliefs or whatever, that just, that's just not what I want to do. And, you know, there's, there's ways to start businesses without debt. So I just, I'll, I'll say that like there, I've, I've used debt to buy properties and do that, but I know other people who've uh, saved up money and partnered with other people and were able to buy houses or start businesses with very little money or no debt. So it just depends on what your approach is. There's, there are ways to make it work one way or the other. I like, first of all, when I'm talking to you, it's like, I'm talking to a real life veteran in the field. And I'm like, I'm just a newborn and it's like looking at you. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're doing great. Cause you, you know, a lot of these principles and and I think you're, and you, you can relate because you've studied it, but you're also teaching other people who are just getting started. So this is perfect. I mean, one of the, my, my generation's dilemma is that we have so much potential. We have like, we literally have so much information at the palm of our hands here, mm -hmm. but we don't use it back, like back in the nineties, when my dad was explaining me, he said that, son, you have mobile phones, you use these things. We didn't even have those back then. We like, we didn't even know what social media was. Mm -hmm. Or something like that and i tell him that that i'm not very literate in social media but one thing that this contraption has taught me is communication, mm -hmm. communication. Yeah. yep oh and look at here we are talking on zoom you know all you know over long distances and we're learning from each other and communicating that there, there's a lot of benefit from what's happened in this revolution of technology communication for sure at the same time i think maybe what you're saying too is that it, it can be, there's some, there's some drawbacks, there's some negatives that particularly, even though you have all that information, what do you do with it? How do you use it in a way that improves your life? And I, I think education, you know, I, to me, the fact you can get an education for free on YouTube is unbelievable. Like that's, that's perfect because that opens up so many, so much knowledge that used to be just reserved for people who had a lot of money. Now it's anybody, anybody can learn anything. And that's brilliant. That's, that's just one of the best innovations that's ever happened. At the same time, we have some social media that just distracts you. Like, you know, there's a big debate in the United States and probably other places too that about, you know, Facebook and all these companies, they, their, their business model is to distract you, is to keep you entertained, is not to improve your life and make you a better uh, entrepreneur or make you this or that. They just want to keep you looking at the screen as long as they can, because that's what advertisers pay for. And so you, you just got to know that, that, that you got to understand like, the, the, there are thousands of really smart people at Facebook and these other places whose whole purpose is to keep you looking at a screen, not to accomplish your personal goals. So it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. True. But I also agree with them, people on Facebook and others that do business quite well. They look at audience, look at retention, they look at, they look at a lot. Of, I've learned a lot of branding from them. Personally, Absolutely. I learned my account. When I made my account, I had this stupid photo of myself and looking at that, I was like, my mother was the pre. She she says to me that you look like a fifty year, year old grandpa. <laughs> so yeah. I, I like she says change it up. And I did yeah. change it up and I got some people's attention and said, "Man, I like this DP. It, it was good. Your old DP was yeah. like not good or something like that." Yeah. That's the thing. The market is asking for something. Change it according to it. Why yes. aren't you not changing? 
Well, yeah, Facebook's great for business. I don't know. Let me don't get me get me wrong. Like this, you, you can communicate with people who's you got you got their attention. So I, I use Facebook as well. I guess I'm just talking about from a personal standpoint of you got to know when to turn it on and turn it off. And it's difficult to do that because it's designed to keep you on there. So like, for example, I, tr I try to do I'm not perfect at this, but like I try to have Facebook on my computer more so than my phone. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll install it and I'll uninstall it on my phone just because I don't want to have it all the time on there. And, and then I'll, whereas I'm sitting at a computer, I'm working, I'm doing something. It's, it's just a little different experience for me. You know what I do? I, I simply sometimes put on a blocker on it. Yeah. <laughs> Extreme measure, it's put on a blocker. What does that blocker does is that it stops you from using the apps, certain types of apps that you don't want to use to get up the right. But I usually now use Instagram just for like to mainly contact clients and others. And it's have been very helpful to me, like reach me. Back in 2010, if if you're from 2010, and you might know that Skype was the big OG. Zoom wasn't that yeah, OG. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I remember, yeah, I remember Skyping from South America one time and talking to a, somebody back in the United States. And I was paying like, you know, 10 cents per minute to do it. And it was crazy, like the whole, whole nother world. Yeah, it's, it's actually changed a lot. I, I mean, when I look back at it, I look at my potential shows and I learn, learn a lot. I mean, shows were designed for kids, but like now I'm, now I'm looking at them like, hey, this is the lesson for an 18-year-old teenager. Mm -hmm. They're teaching the kids. What a good way to market it. Yes, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really opened up a lot of possibilities. That's, that's for sure. I think it's exciting. It's amazing, sir. Like... I want to ask you how much has the era changed for not just the market in general would you like to explain your entire era that has changed because i know youtube has changed i know like skype was the old veteran i know instagram yeah. changed a lot would you like to share yeah. Those things? yeah i mean the way I'm, I'm, I'm my business now like i have an online business with coach carson and so a lot of what i've noticed is what you know, people, technology's always changed. Communication technology's changed. But the old era was people, if they wanted to watch something, you'd sit down in front of a television. If you wanted to listen to something, you would turn on the radio. And if you wanted to read something, you'd open up a newspaper. And that, that's happened for a long time. I mean, think about newspapers for hundreds of years, televisions from the 1950s, I guess, or so, uh, radio, 1920s. I don't know when they started doing radio, but um, yeah, that, those are pretty. That's, that's pretty long periods of time. Those have been kind of in the in the culture, but very quickly, like YouTube is TV. Like people, if you want to go learn something, watch something, this is a much better than television. This is like you choose what you want to watch. It's customized for you. Uh, podcasts are radio. You know, like they are a better version of radio. You can listen to it on the go. You can choose which feeds you want. Commercials are shorter. Um, and then uh, blogs, I actually got started writing a blog is a more, you know, is, is newspapers online. Like newspapers have had to adapt. Like newspapers don't make as much money as they used to because, um, because of the economics of the internet. So like, I guess my, the era is like all of that, the, those industries have changed completely. Like what used to be the television, radio were really, very really dominant newspapers too. The, you know, there's companies online who started five years ago who are dominating them. And YouTube's a great, you know, it's not five years old, but it is a billion, multi, however many billions of dollar part of Google is the second biggest search engine. So for, I guess just take all this back to business. Like this is a, this is a great opportunity for those of us who embrace YouTube, you podcast, uh, blogging online. This is an essential skill. Like you got to learn how to use this because this is where people's attention are. 
everywhere in the world. Like there's billions of people in the world and everywhere people are using their phone to watch things on YouTube or something like YouTube. They're listening to podcasts. Podcast is a smaller market, but it's, I think it's going to grow. Like I, I think it's a, uh, got, got a lot of potential. So I think the, the, the takeaway I'm, I'm the thing I am doing from my standpoint is using those technologies. I'm, um, I'm investing in them. Um, you know, I have my own podcast that comes out every Monday, I have a YouTube video that comes out every Friday. Um, so I'm, I'm doing that as a part of my, my, I have an education business, but if I were starting any business, I would be using those tools. Like they're, you have to go in any business, you got to go where people's attention already is. And if everybody's looking at their phone, watching YouTube, you need, if you have a, something to sell or something to teach or something to do, you need to be there. Like you, you got to go where people are. And that's, that's the era. That's, that's the change of this era is that it used to be television was controlled by like a few big corporations who had the money to advertise on it. No, not anymore. Like not even this, that's all splintered into millions and millions of different channels instead of like four or five channels on the TV. Now there's millions of channels on YouTube and you're, it's, it's basically sliced the market up. So you just need to find your little slice of the market. You don't need to have 10 million viewers. You need to have, you know, a thousand people who really love what you're doing and then cater to those thousand people and you can make money and serve them and have a business from it. I agree totally with you and I agree with it. By the way, Coach Carson, I don't know if you have heard this. Facebook's founder, Mark Zuckerberg himself, came out with this news that they're creating a platform for real makers like TikTok and something like that to make money off of it. On a certain period, they have requirements, but it's in the US and Canada. I didn't know that. No, this is a new one from Zuckerberg, from the Facebook founder. Yeah, it's like yeah. they're investing $20 billion on reels in general to pay content creators like us, like so they can like make money off of it because TikTok became a big trend because of this like COVID, yeah. COVID and pandemic and all. They like, you know what, let's make money from it. And that's a good example because of TikTok's change, YouTube shorts came into the play. YouTube did yes. not have shorts. Right. Reels became started to become a big thing. Instagram, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. gotten... I've gotten a lot of people watching my thing from Instagram Reels. Hmm. Hey, it was like it's, it's a new platform. People don't even know how to use it. It's like a baby. If you hop on this train, but again, not go for trend seekers. Make an example. Leave a legacy. Yes. You, lead by you lead by trends and go viral. It won't go. There are many stories where people went viral, but it didn't mm -hmm. end well for them. Right. Instead of right. viral, go for something like a steady growth. Like, yeah. hey, I have this, watch it. And something like that. One other quick, uh, quick tip is that don't say like subscribe or something like that. Hey, please subscribe or something. It shows your pity in your district. So that's <laughs> in a simple way, just like, but subscribe, like, share or something, or don't mention it. Put it in the intro or something. Subscribe, like, and share. In simple mm -hmm. words, if the audience like it, they will share it. If they're not, they're not going to share it. Depends right. on them. But you establish yeah. your worth in the market. You when you say, please subscribe, you're not establishing your worth. Mm. Because people have changed. Yeah. People have changed a lot. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I think that what I'm hearing from you is add value first. You know, that you gotta, you gotta, if you add value to people, then, and then you, you have a quick little simple ask, then they're, yeah, they'll subscribe to you. They'll follow you. But the, that this is there's a democracy of content like it used to be when you watch tv you had no choice like yeah. you, you just had to watch the tv now it's like 
I'll just go watch another channel. And so like the, the creator has to really be on their game. Like you got to deliver, you got to add value. You got to connect with that person. And that's good for the, that's good for the consumer. That's good for all the people watching because it makes us be better. Like we, we as creators have to really do it. And I love it as a creator because I get feedback. Like I make a video, people type right there and they say, oh, that's no good. You know, I don't like that. Or a lot of people, I have 10 people who say, that's great. I really appreciate that. Thumbs up, you know? Um, so you get instant feedback and you can get better and better and better as a creator as well. I agree with him totally hundred percent. And I did, and I do say this, that I've been walking aimlessly for my 18 years of my life. I've been bullied. I've been done things, but that didn't define me. I've gone through depression twice, but that doesn't define me. What defines you is that how much of a character you have to keep on moving forward. And another tip is that whenever you have an idea, layer it on, start drawing. I don't care if you're a bad drawer or something. I'm not a good drawer. My mother is an artist, so you gotta be thinking like, I gotta inherit her genes to draw like the Queen Elizabeth's portrait. Hell no. I need a ruler and a pencil to start making an idea. It doesn't matter if that idea is shit or dumb. You have a blueprint, you can like understand. 10 to 15 years later, maybe that blueprint might start a new business. Yeah, no doubt. I agree. Yeah, there's there's so, such low cost other than you kind of being critical of yourself, there's such low cost just to do it, just to get started, try something new. Um, I agree hundred percent. And that's, that. this is a, is it, talk, going back to your question about eras, Abdul, like this is an era of opportunity. Like it really is. Like if you, if you want to try something, if you're, you're an entrepreneur, this is what we've been talking about today. If you're, if you have this, you have this itch to go do something, um, this is the time when you can do it without a lot of cost. Like you can try something, you can upload a video to YouTube on your phone, try it, experiment, get some feedback. You can start a business with Instagram and just, you know, do it. I mean, there, there's so many different ways to do it, but this goes back to your point. Like it's, this is about, it's more about you being like some criticism, you being willing to kind of push through, you know, all of us have our issues. You know, we've had depression periods. We've had times of relationships are not, not working out. Like those personal things are tough. Like that's, that's, it's hard to get through those. So it takes a little bit bigger vision. Like, where am I trying to go with this? What am I trying to do? Um, and it takes some belief in yourself to be able to do that. Cause this, it can be lonely. It can be lonely trying to, to succeed in a, as an entrepreneur or anything in, in life really. And so it takes a lot of belief in yourself to, to kind of get through all that and make it happen. Sir, like before and everything, I, as a fanboy and as an audience and as a teacher yourself, I want to ask these people, what kind of impact do you want to make in the world? And secondly, where do you see yourself in 10 to 20 years from now? Because many people want to ask Coach Carson this question. <laughs> well, great questions. Like, I mean, in terms of impact, I, I feel like, I, you know, when you're born, it's, it's, there's a lot of luck involved. Like there's luck in who your parents are. There's luck in where you're born. There's luck in whether your family was healthy and there's things. So there, there's just always luck. Right. And I was, I've, I've been very lucky. Um, I, I feel like I have some intelligence. I've done some things well, but I'm, I'm, you know, so when kind of a core principle for me is that if you're, if you, you're given a lot, whatever, whether you believe it's luck or a blessing or whatever it is, if you're given a lot, you should, you, you should go full circle and you should give back. And so to me, the legacy, I don't know how big that giving back is going to be, but to me, the, the lessons I try to teach is that you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at money and finance and business. So I'm just trying to, I want other people to be successful. And so if, if, if it's 10 people, if it's a hundred people, if it's a thousand people, if I can, at the end of the day or at the end of my life, I can say, wow, I helped a thousand people who would not have been helped otherwise. And now they are more financially secure. Now they're enjoying their life more. They're doing more of what matters. 
like that's a legacy for me. Like, and that, that's, that would be a lot of fun. Um, in terms of where I'll be 10 years, 20 years from now, uh, I've got kids. So I have an eight year old and a 10 year old kid. So I, I think oh. a lot about uh, that, you know, so they're, they'll be 18 years old, Abdul, in, in 10 years, you know, that's, that's where they're going to be. So uh, I'm going to be following and trying to support them. That's my number one, my family and, and just helping them, helping them out, helping them grow into adults. You know, maybe they'll watch shows like yours, Abdul, and learn from people ahead of them. And um, whether they're entrepreneurs, they're, they really like art. So they're, art, you know, artists, um, if they're going to be um, business owners, if they're going to be a doctor, I don't know what they're going to, but I, I hope they, you know, grow into something that they can be proud of and do their best. And so that's 10 years from now, I know I'll be still being a father, I hope. And, and then uh, uh, I'll still be, I'll still have, little, I always have projects. I'm going to be an entrepreneur the rest of my life. Um, but that, I, that's, those are my two that I can predict for sure. It reminds me that, you know, I'm coming to the age of 20. So I'm thinking about 10 years down the road, I'm going to be in the same position where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, I want to like leave an impact because my father, he doesn't talk a lot and I know it, but he sets an example and his examples have really changed and defined who I am. My mother has been the supportive kind. Okay. Mm-hmm. But my father led by his examples. He said, the son yeah. is so cool. You have no idea because he never had a father. He never saw his father. Unfortunately, his father died before he could ever see him as his mm-hmm. So he told me, son, I never had a father and I don't know how to show fatherly affection. I know what I have been taught by the world. That's what I'm showing you by examples. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't connect with him, but his examples is what I want to preach to people because he's overweight. It doesn't matter, but he has examples that he follows, principles we all need mm-hmm. to follow. And Coach Carson is like, a total tradition here in the podcast. We like we have trivia questions, and we have like this quote. We ask our audience on it, like our interviews on it, so to give their feedback and like we can learn something from them. So this quote was written by Warren Buffett, and he says, "Price is what you pay. Value is what you get." Yeah, <laughs> good one. I love that quote. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. So do you want me to give a few, give a comment on that? Comment on. Um, it. Give your own opinion. Yeah. So we talked a lot today about actually giving, adding value to people. And so I think this applies to investing in particular, right? If you buy a house, you know, it, the, the price is what somebody's asking you to give them in dollars, but the value is what you're going to get from that, both from an emotional standpoint, like if this is your home, you're going to live in, but also from an investment standpoint. Like, so I think Warren Buffett's message there is you have to run the numbers. You got to, anytime you look at an investment, you know, if a house costs a hundred thousand dollars, then how much, what's the value of that into the future? Like the, that's the value you're going to get. And you, sometimes it's pretty simple math. You just write, all right, I'm going to get this much rent this year, this much rent next year, this much year rent three years from now. And you just run the math to see how much money am I going to make on this property over the long run more than what I'm paying for it. And is it enough over time to be good? So if, if I make more than, than I, I put into it, a lot more than I put into it, that's probably a good deal. I've got value. If not, go to the next deal. That's, that's the, that's the basics of the math behind it. Um, you could probably think about it more, more, but that's, I think that's the big idea. I totally agree. And I always be, I've been saying totally agree. I know my audience will be saying, <laughs> Hey, it's about real estate and something like that. <laughs> I have to tell you when you're on the bandwagon guys, 
you don't stop you like talk <laughs> we were talking about real estate i don't real estate we didn't talk about markets we talked about structure we talked about opportunity you're not gonna get this out somewhere and from a veteran like him it's really important to get something and i'm really honored so in the trivia question is that simply we ask trivia about you and we want to see how familiar are you with yourself so okay. so this is the thing from your youtube video which one of your youtube video has the most highest rated views of all oh, the yeah, that one's easy. I had I had one that went viral, sort of uh, called "How to Anal How to Run the Numbers on Real Estate," uh, and it's it's just me. It's not even my face. Like I, it's it's just me drawing on a piece of paper and telling people how to run the numbers. And it's got like three hundred and thirty thousand views now. Uh, it's gotten gotten a lot of a lot of traction. So that's that's the one. Damn you're right. Damn you're right. I mean, how? Okay, you're right. So, <laughs> when did you meet? Like, tell the date, exact date. Oh boy, uh, this Instagram. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, probably going to miss this one, but I would guess um, May of 2021, maybe. Is that right? That's right. Is it really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I send you. I send you this message last year. Okay, and I probably responded. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty slow in responding sometimes, but yeah, that's great. I mean, you responded quite very, very, very frequently. I responded to January. You responded on May. I was like a big. <laughs> Great. And the final thing is that um, I like to ask that: What was your impression of people when you first meet? Because when when I was talking to you, I was kind of frightened. Because like, let me tell you, I'm a little bit shy, and yeah. I, I talk to people like that. I was like, oh, I get. Yeah. But I start like, what was your impression? Like in general, oh. with anyone. Oh well, I mean, I, I I like to I like to see if people are curious or not. Like I, I think um, curiosity is really important to me. Like it's just something that you know. Are, are they asking questions? Are they asking? Or that you know, if they're open and curious and friendly, I feel like there's there's something there. I don't care what culture you're from. I don't care where you know. It doesn't. There's there's a connection we can make on that. If if somebody is instantly kind of uh critical and you know close closed-minded they're not open to new conversations that's that's tough right that's that's a hard one to not that i wouldn't want to connect with that person but i think that's that's something that draws me into people whether anybody i've met so you're obviously a curious person you're you're a learner uh you're willing to ask questions you're a podcaster so those those are all things that i thought were interesting and i and also like that you're reaching across cultures and you're trying to teach teenagers how to how to think better and be better. And I think that those are all things that are really important to me as well. I mean, guys, if you don't actually remember, I actually sent him to this like question and he said to me, like, could you like explain me this structure? I understood you, but I want to like understand and clarify. He sent me a comment on it. Just this oh. morning, I just saw it <laughs> like, wow. So basically people do connect. And I've been saying this for a million of times. You don't need to be like a big guy. People can respond to you. You just need to like be honest. I mean, yeah. being honest is the first thing you need to people and show them a good time with you. Yeah, yeah. Be real. You see, be be honest. Be real. I think that's online. There's a lot of faker, a lot of fake people who are not being real. So if you just be just be yourself, whatever that means, you, you're enough. Just be yourself. Ask questions. If you're talking to somebody who's your like, there's a lot of people I admire online and try to follow too. You know, they, they might be too busy sometimes to respond. That's okay. But if, if you just show consistent curiosity and, hey, I'm just willing to learn, I'm trying to learn, who would not 
who would not respond positively to that? You know, just try, you're trying to learn. That's all. Well, anyway, guys, if you don't know, I have dropped by buying this time. And the topic was real estate. So in, in, <laughs> in honor for this like podcast, I guess like Trump, the king of debt can make an appearance here. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go to that, that one. That's it. Yeah. That's we, we could go all sorts of different directions there. <laughs> and in this final conclusion, verdicts and everything, I would say is that you have the best years of your life. My parents said this to me and my father said this, that son, we haven't actually met real life yet. Life is when you leave home. That's when life mm -hmm. starts. No matter you college right. or dropout, that's where life begins. So I came to right. this conclusion at a young age that, you know what? Start analyzing your time right now. You have worthful mm -hmm. times, people and online people, instead of watching Netflix or something like that, make something put your skills out there to the world because like coach carson has said a billion times on this podcast we are this era of opportunities we can create more and that's all i would like to say i mean you all are genius people i mean you can think your way out of any situation so why not use it so that's why and please um, as always don't mind trump trump was a good guy in he may not be a good president but he was a good real estateer yeah, he paid a lot of money in real estate. That, that's for sure. Yeah, we have no idea the Trump. What? And thank you, Coach Carson, for like coming on the podcast. I would like I always ask my interviewers, and this is the thing: the what type of like wordic or some kind of message you want to give to teenagers? That's that's all. I'm just gonna say what you just said. I think it was. I think that was beautiful. Like you, you anybody listening to this, if you're a teenager. You know, you have you have a unique strengths. You have unique skills. There are tons of opportunities out there in the in the world. Um, just go get it. You know, it's be, believe in yourself. You can do this. You're going to probably fail along the way. You're going to fall down. You're going to get hurt. You're going people are going to tell you no. But um, I, you know, I believe in you, and I, I think Abdul does too. And there's there are opportunities out there if you keep keep trying. And just I wish you the best. Uh, thank you so much for watching. So again, it's like stay home, stay safe, and be cool is a tongue twister. So on the count of three, you and I have to do it. All right, let's do it. One, two, three. Stay home, stay, stay safe. Stay safe. Be cool. Be cool. All right. Love okay. it. Very good. So Thanks. Thank you, Abdul. In a right. the ninth person. Thank you guys for like coming into the podcast and I hope, and please do subscribe to like Coach Carson's channel. You can learn a ton about real estate. I'll link his like channel down in the description i'll put his instagram channels down and you have a podcast right i have a podcast as well yeah you, you can go to coach coachcarson.com I'll, I'll put the podcast i'll give you the link to that as well put it down and like you can understand important information and you also do a series with people so you can also watch them and how he's recently done a series where he's like with a with a real estate expert and both of them were talking about real estate do watch that i highly recommend that. i'll put that link as well down it's, great it's a recommended watch and like, thank you so much, Carl Carson.